Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 14, and James chapter 5. And I'll try to read them as quickly as possible. Good to have uh, my grandson and his parents with me today. Uh, <laughs> Carl and Andrew and Ashton and and uh, Jaden are all here. We're glad to have Sister Bradshaw's brother and sister-in-law and, and nephew. And the rest of you look like you're supposed to be here. And uh, thank you for coming. I appreciate you coming. Uh, the former, where am I? Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse number 1. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach unto the day in which he was taken up. And after that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostle whom he had chosen. And notice verse 3. To whom also he shewed himself alive after his passion. Everybody say, passion. By many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Acts fourteen fifteen, And saying, Sirs, why do you these things? We also are men of like, and everybody say, passions with you, and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities into the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man of subject to like passion. Say it again passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months <clears throat> the word passion is only used in these verses that i read you one time the word passion is used and two times the word passions is used. And these three verses that I just read to you are the only times in the King James Version that you will see these words. However, the Bible is filled with men and women who were full of passion for God. And I want to talk to you a little bit about passion this morning. I, I, I just, I'm talking about passion. You can call it what you want to. Maybe uh, fill up my passion cup or, you know, Brother Conaway, give me a good title. And if you think of one, just give it and I'll put it on here sometimes. And, and uh, but I, I'm talking to you about passion for God. The crowd that lacks passion is obviously not winning the game. It seems like they have sad faces when they're not winning. You ever watch a ball game and, boy, when your team is winning, everybody's exciting, 
In fact, we do kind of dumb things, you know. We'll stand up in a football game, and I'd love to see some of y'all stand up in church. I don't know if I've ever said you stand up when I preach. You know, just I'm not talking about what I said, let's all stand. But just every once in a while, just say, that's good preaching, brother. Thank you, brother Mike. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was seeking for that. Thank you, thank you, brother. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Oh, I thought some more was going to stay in there. Okay. Winners are always passionate. Always. They're passionate. A lack of passion will make others think you're boring or you're a loser or you're simply wasting your time. Few things have hurt the greatest story ever told, which is the gospel, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the greatest thing that has ever hurt that story is for people to tell it with no passion. <laughs> well, if you don't have passion about the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus... You're going to be a very boring teacher. That's why you love me, because I am not a dead, boring teacher. How do I know it? My wife tells me, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Many people view church as being hypocritical, boring, judgmental. And how often do we help confirm what they think about that church? We talk about God's love and how great He is. And then when they shake our hands and we greet them, they think, man, is Jesus a grouch? <laughs> now, I'm not, now, I'm not talking. A lot of times when I'm, I'm teaching, if I use illustrations, it's always about somewhere else. I don't want y'all to get to think that I would ever think that any of you are grouchy or not, not doing 100%. Uh, I, please forgive me if you think that. How often we help confirm that, though, in the way we act, the way we look. You know, it's hard to talk about and sing about the joy of the Lord with a frown on your face. <laughs> but how many Pentecostals sing about the joy of the Lord and they just... You know, look unconcerned, look like they're not there. Uh, I, I, I say it every once in a while. We've got awesome praise team. But I tell them in my office, remember, people are looking at you. Those guys are standing there looking at you while you're up there. And if you sing with a sad face on and you don't act like you really mean it, your worship is not going to be effective. So remember that if you're up singing, Always act like you really like it. Just like I am right now. I'm happy to be here. We talk about God's love and we greet people with a frown. We talk about being on fire for God, but do we sing praises in worship as though God has died and is still in the grave? In a recent survey on churches, 75% of churches, according to this survey, are declining or dying. 24% are growing, but they're basically getting members from other churches, sort of like St. Musical Chairs, Fruit Basket Turnover. 
move from one church to another. And that's okay if you move from California uh, to Tyler like the Larsons did. But if you're in Tyler and you switch to other churches, all that is is fruit basket. That's not revival. That kind of growth is not helping the kingdom of God. We need to get people that are unchurched. We need to get people that are lost. We need to get people and change the direction, their destiny. We need to get them going to heaven. Only 1% of all churches are growing by reaching people who have never heard of having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. George Gallup did a survey of 13,000 people in 130 countries. It is the only time that George Gallup has ever taken a survey that could be considered more or less worldwide. Most of his are in the United States. It was a survey of people who used to go to church but no longer go to church. There was a number of questions in the survey, and one of the questions asked, what would need to happen for you to return to church? And the number one answer was passion in the lives of the members and the leadership. If we don't have passion in the members and in the leadership, we have a dead church, and I'm telling you, there's not many people enjoy going to a dead church. And I'm going to tell you something. Don't ever, ever belittle somebody that goes to a dead church. At least they're going. And all they need is some passion in the pulpit and passion in the, in the pews, and it can become a live church when you start preaching truth. Amen. The dictionary says that passion is an intense emotion. It's a very strong feeling, a great devotion, and intense conviction, which fuels or motivates us toward compelling action. Jesus says in the text that I read today, that there are only really two things that matter in this life. He said, loving God and loving other people. You remember a few months ago when I cast the vision for this church? The two things that I started my uh, message off with that night was that we will be a church of loving God and loving people. Jesus said, you don't have to love people and God in a wimpy way or a half-hearted way. He said that we are to do it passionately with some of our heart, with a little bit of our soul, with a small portion of our mind, and just a grain of our strength. Is that what he said? What did he say? Do it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Wait a minute, Pastor. You mean to tell me God says use our strength in church? Duh. Yes, he did. That means that we're not supposed to sit there quiet as a church mouse. 
Thank you. See, I like that. Yes, amen, right. Yes, hallelujah. That means you're getting involved in it. When you clap your hands, you're using your strength. When you raise your hands and worship God, you're using your strength. When you stand to your feet because I'm preaching so good, you use your strength. Thank you, Brother Mike. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you. He said, do it passionately. The message translation says it this way. Love the Lord your God with your passion, all your prayers, all your intelligence, and all your energy. Now you think about that one. That translation kind of scares me. How many times have we gone to church and sit there like a bump on a log and um, <clears throat> never, ever get excited Never, ever put our whole heart into it. Uh, now, again, don't get quiet on me. I'm talking about other churches. I'm not talking about us. They need this, not us. We, we got it. We are, <laughs> we got it all together, amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, if you don't have it together like he's preaching, get it together. The Bible uses this phrase with all your heart many, many times in the Bible. Go to a, uh, to a commentary and look it up. You'll see it's used many times. The Bible says we're to seek God passionately with all of our heart. The Bible tells us we're to love God passionately. The Bible tells us we're to serve God passionately. We're to obey God passionately. We're to trust God passionately. Then in Colossians 3.23, it says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. In other words, give it your best when you're doing it for God. He says, no matter what you do, do it passionately. Never do anything half-heartedly. If you're going to do it half-heartedly, just don't do it. The driving force behind all great drama, all great art, all great music, great science, great sports, great architecture is passion. Passion is what mobilizes armies to sacrifice themselves in battle. Passion is what enables drive and drives scientists to find new uh, cures to dreaded diseases. Passion is what equips athletes to break records and get to the Olympics. Passion is what sustains you in reaching your goals as you go through this life. Nothing great is done in this life without passion. Passion turns the impossible into the possible. It energizes your life. It make, it's what makes your life become alive. Without passion in your life, your life is dull and drab and boring. God wants you to live a passionate life. He wants you to sense the passion that he put within you by nature. 
In America, we often are passionate about everything but God. We are passionate about sports. Boy, you want to get a, a riot started. You want to get a fight started. You just say the wrong uh, thing around the, wrong, the other team. There's some guys that pounce on you. And when they get through, you'll be going, ur, 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 like the old dog that's been whooped, you know. We are passionate about sports. We're passionate about fashion, clothes we wear. We're passionate about certain kinds of cars that we like to drive. We're passionate about restaurants. In fact, I've heard some people describe meals that made me want to stop doing what I was doing and go to that restaurant because it sounded so good. Here are some actual books written on passion found on Amazon. Passion for Birds. Passion for books, passion for cactus, passion for chocolate, mm. passion for fish, flying, gardening, passion for golf, hunting, jazz, passionate for mushrooms, passionate for needlepoint, passionate for ponies, pasta, potatoes, roses, and shoes. And the list goes on and on and on. There are books by the thousands that are written about people that have passionate for different things. The amazing thing in our culture is it's okay, it's even appropriate for you to be passionate about anything as long as it's not God. I can go to a sporting event, I can paint half my face orange and half of it black. Is that right? Is that Longhorns? Huh? Okay. Orange and white? Okay. Half orange and half white. You can tell I'm not into it like some guys are. Put riding on their body and wear no shirt. Jump and scream uh, their heads off. Jump up and down. Raise their hands in the air. And when, when we lose, they can cry. And when they win, they can dance around. And people say, oh, they're just a fan. But if we come to church and did any of that, they say, oh, he's just a fanatic. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You just be a fanatic in this church if you want to. Brother Mike, Brother Mike you can run anytime you want to in this church. Sister Carolyn, you can get up here and spin around and doubt and worship God anytime you want to. If we can do it in the world for a sports game, we can do it for God. And it is appropriate. It's right. It's okay. Just do it. You don't see, this guy does this all the time in our church. He does it all the time. There's a man that just lost his wife last week. We buried her. Look at him jogging around this building. You don't understand that when you look at it from face value. You don't understand that Brother Mike came out of drugs. He spent some time in the pen because of it. He was a drug dealer. He was a drug user. His life was in a mess. God set him free from all of that. He'll make a lot and they say, oh, he's just a fanatic. No, he's a sportsman. 
He likes sports. His favorite sport is loving God. His favorite pastime is coming to church and getting excited about the goodness of Jesus. It's like it's appropriate to get excited, be enthusiastic, have passion for anything in life. Just don't do it for God. And you know I'm right when I say this. People get excited about anything and everything. I'm telling you, there are some goofballs out there in the sports world. I mean some goofy people. They will do almost anything to show their support for their team. And then somebody stands up in church and walks around waving their hands and crying, tears running down their face and thanking God for what he's done for them. And they say, oh, he's just a fanatic. As you can tell, that burns my head. That burns me up. Why can't we be excited for God like we are anything else? God didn't say, love the Lord with some of your heart, some of your strength, some of your mind, some of your soul. He didn't say, go out and have a good time, but save me a little bit. When you go to the ball game, just save me a little when you come to church. Is that what he said? No, he didn't. He said, love me just like you love everything else except do it all the way. Go as far as you can go. Yet Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you've got to do it with passion, with all your heart. Romans 12 and 11, not slowful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent means it's not automatic. You don't stay on fire for God automatically. It's not something that just comes to you. It must be maintained. You must stroke the fire and fan the flames to maintain your spiritual passion. You need to understand that passion has nothing to do with age. I'm one of the oldest people in this church and I'm passionate about serving God. I'm passionate about being in the kingdom. So at my age, if I can be passionate, all you young whippersnappers ought to be passionate too. You ought to be more passionate because you got more energy. The only way I can catch up with you is do a five-hour energy or a Red Bull or something. And if you take one of those, I still can't catch up with you. I know old people who are passionate and I know little kids who are passionate. It has nothing to do with your age. You do not have to be an extrovert to be passionate. You were born with an inborn, God-given sense of passion. God gave you your inner feelings and he gave you your emotion. You say, well, I'm not emotion. You're a liar. <laughs> I was talking about them other people out there. You say, I'm not emotional. I, I just like to serve God quietly. You are emotional. You want me to prove it? Okay, I'm going to put a tack over here. And here's you sitting down. 
oh, I feel a burning sensation <laughs> on the backside of my lap. It feels as if I perhaps may have sat on a tack. Is that you? No, you're going to do just like I do. You're going to be talking and everything. And you say, oh, 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 I sat on a tack. <laughs> now, am I telling the truth or not? So why is it we can't get excited about God? Do y'all think God only wants Mike Beard to be a runner? He only wants Sister Carolyn to be a dancer? He only wants Sister Peterson to be a hand clapper. <laughs> he wants all of us to love him passionately. Love him with all your heart. Give him your best. Give him your best. God doesn't want second-handed uh, hand-me-down worship and hand-me-down living for him. He wants us to give him his best. If I've lost my passion... It's because I've fallen prey to passion killers. Here's a list of passion killers. Number one, an unclear purpose is a passion killer. Living without purpose is the most common reason people lack passion. Without a purpose for living, why bother? That's why there's people living on the street. Living, uh, uh, you know, homeless lives, trying to exist, holding up signs, need help, need food, no work. We see it every day because they have no purpose. Why put forth the effort? Why get out of bed in the morning? If you have no reason for using your energy, why expend it? You may feel like Isaiah when he said, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain for nothing. There's nothing more significant than being what God makes you to be and doing what God made you to do and sharing in the greatest cause in this world the advancement of the kingdom of God. Passion is waking up in the morning Wherever you are, however old or young, and bounding out of bed because you know that this is the day that the Lord hath made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that God has given me. And I got to quit, but the mic's going over to stand by the door. He started doing it. I think that's a signal he sent in me. When he goes over there and tells me my time is up. <laughs> You're right, Brother Mike. I will come back to this because I'm about half through and I'll come back and teach this some more.